Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods, hanging out with you and getting ready to talk about some Brahmas football, or at mm-hmm. least some Renegades football. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, some Brahmas football. We're going to talk some gunslingers today. We are a podcast that deals with, set, with professional football in San Antonio, and we've got it all over the place, and we're going to talk about it today. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts and friends, Leo Yamas. What's up, Smoking Guns Posse? And R.C. Woods. Hello, beautiful people out there. And as you can hear, as you're listening to us either on the podcast or joining us live on Facebook Live on a Monday night, uh, all our voices are a little rough. Because, yeah. hey, we had a football game last <laughs> night, and it was a late football game last night. It was. Uh, didn't even get started until 8 o'clock. You know what I found funny? I went back and watched the first few minutes of the uh, broadcast today. And in the broadcast, they did no pregame at all. It was like, hey, yeah. we're here in San Antonio. They did like a, a helicopter shot of the Alamo Dome. And then immediately it went to Parker Romo kicking the ball off. Like they were like, we're not wasting any time. We're just yeah. getting right into the game here. Yeah, they had to cut over pretty quick because they were just uh, finishing up with the uh, NCAA game coverage. Right. The Brahmas fall to the Renegades 12 to 10 in a rough game to watch, in a hard game to sit in the stadium and watch. And, and if we're honest, that's three straight now that have been really hard to sit and watch. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, as as a football fan, um, hard to hard to watch hard to watch the struggle like that. As a San Antonio fan, you know, you're you're still you're still in it, of course, but it's it's just it's really hard to see a team struggle that way. And especially when things looked good early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the way things went down, we'll talk about, and then the injury to Sinet just kind of really, uh, and then seeing what happened after that, it was right. a, a hard, hard to, hard to, hard pill to swallow for sure. Yeah. So a lot to talk about on the field and around the game. Uh, tailgating was great, was fun. Had a great time, and I want to get into that, but that's not what's on everybody's mind this this evening. Um, as you know, right. you came out to the tailgate, you had a great time, you expected that. You, however, went into the Alamo Dome, and you may not have had a great time just based on the football you were presented with. And that seems to be, as I look over social media today, everybody's thing is like what can we how can this get better this has to get better or i'm out i've seen a lot of that today where it's like i don't know that i want to be involved anymore that's that's ridiculous i mean that's sad if that's where you are um you can no longer gripe about uh you know the nfl and jerry jones and all those things like if that's the kind of fan you are you're not gonna have uh, NFL football or pro football in San Antonio. It's just not going to happen. You've got to support the nope. team, no matter how good or bad they are. And True. I'm not going to sugarcoat today. They're bad on offense. On the offensive side of the ball, they're not good. Um, Reed Sedet got in there and they were better 
but I still wouldn't call what you saw with Reed Sinet like good. Mm. It was just better. It was something as opposed to nothing with Jack Cohen. And we'll talk about that in the second half. We got nothing. Um, for the third straight week, it was any offensive production at all gives you a win. Any, anything. Uh, at the end of the game, they had two opportunities to get down the field close enough for a Parker Romo field goal. Parker Romo that hits uh, 57 yard field goals. All they had to do was get close enough for that, and they couldn't manage that. Um, it, it's it's frustrating. It's really frustrating, and that's something that we heard from Coach Hines Ward. And we're going to talk about Coach Hines Ward too um, mm-hmm. today, because man, there's there's problems, there's issues. Um, there there are Philip. Um, this whole thing about expectations though of, of the fans, you know, I, I I think I think some people need to take a step back and mm-hmm. see where we're at and what it is for what it is. Uh, you know, it's a first year team with a first year coach, um, with a lot of guys on there with a lot of talent, but I, I think we're seeing some growing pains and some scrubble, uh, struggles with the coaching, uh, with the players, like Robert Rankin says here on Facebook, the penalties killed us lots yeah. and lots of penalties. Mm-hmm. I mean, and especially like you said, Philip, just needing to get within field goal range to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having who Parker Romo, who's probably the best kicker in the league at this I would point, say so. yeah. at this point, you know, um, and really, you need to get to what, like the 35 yard line. Yeah. There, he, there was, there at was least a, that would give you a shot. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point at the late in the game where uh, Roberson runs the ball back to the 50 yard line on a, on a, a kickoff return. And we're, we're in good position where we get 15 yards or whatever, then or, uh, we're in scoring position to take the lead and, and a, a, a stupid holding penalty gets that call back and they're starting from deep in their territory rather than from, you know, about the 50 yard line, stuff like that, little things like that, that aren't little in the big scheme of things. But this team, like if I, I said a moment ago, if you step back and kind of look at this, at what we have with the San Antonio Brahmas, it, it, there's bad. And then there's, there's bad. The, 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 <laughs> this team is a bad football team because they haven't been able to get things together. They haven't been able right. To gel what it is, what they're trying to do. They're not bad because they have really bad people in in place at different positions and different, uh, um, you know, whether it's coaching or players. They got talent. I believe, uh, yeah, like Viva Texas says, there's bad and then there's Orlando. You know, if you look at Heinz Ward and you look at his mentality and his, he takes, he shoulders the responsibility for what's happening. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later, like you said. But there's a huge difference there. What we're seeing there for the Brahmas now than what we're seeing from from other teams. Where if we kind of look at at where we're at or where this this Brahmas team is at, if you you could just kind of take those things and get excited about what the foundation that's there, what we can build. And and how great that can be to actually build something with with a head coach that wants to build like he's publicly said it in his own words, wants to build something here 
for the city of San Antonio in San Antonio. And his mentality is I'm going to do that. Now, a lot of people are already calling for, you know, we need, we need a new coach. Heinz Ward is not a good coach, you know, and that they might be right at this point in time, but you got to kind of like, look at things. This is the XFL. They had a lot of rookie coaches in place and mm-hmm. versus veterans. The veteran coaches with one exception are the guys that are winning football games. Right. If yep. you take the rookie coaches that are, are taking their lumps and you look at the ones, which one of those guys would you rather have? I think Heinz Ward is at the top of that list easily. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I it's 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 hard to yeah. it's hard to watch this struggle because you know that they can be better and you know they should be doing better, especially when they're the defense is so good and all they need literally if they if they score one more touchdown each game this year, what do they do they only oh. have one loss? Every game they've lost has been at least has been within a possession. Right. Yeah. The the largest margin was the one in Houston. It was nine points, and that's still a possession. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, you're close here. They're they're this and close. That, right. And that might be more maddening to me. It is. If we were getting blown out, if we were getting Orlando blown out in games, then I'm like, we're just a bad football team. We can't. But to be this close, two points is nothing, nothing. And I don't understand some of the little things that Heinz Ward and his coaching staff are doing that just do not make any sense to me. You score your only touchdown of the game in the first quarter and you go for one point. Why? Why go for one point? Go for two. Go for no. two at least. Go for three. No, I, I say this is my idea. I, I agree with you. One should never be an option. But you know One what? I don't even think I don't think two should really be an option unless unless the situation at that moment really calls for the two points. Like you're down by one. But three-point play on a team that struggles to score points, when are you gonna find yourself in a situation where you're 10 yards from the end zone and and uh with the ability to put points on the board, three points on the board. I mean, those come few and far between hardly ever, you know, once a game, twice a game at the most. So why not take advantage of it? In this case, another penalty, they had a false start or whatever it was. So they ended up going for two instead of going from the five, they're going from the seven. So you're telling me there's a big difference in your play call or big, big difference in how that play develops from the seven yard line versus the 10 yard line. So you may as well have been going for three. If I'm on this coaching staff, I go for three every single time from this moment forward, because when are you going to get another chance to be in that situation from 10 yards out from the end zone with an opportunity to put, put points on the board, you may as well go for it all, all or nothing. My default would always be go for two because it's only five yards out. Ten yards is a different deal. It's a different animal. It's a different play call. But to me, there is no difference in your play call from the two-yard line to the five-yard line. Like you're calling basically the same five, six, seven set of plays that you have on either one of those. If I'm going to be calling the same play anyway, I might as well go for two instead of one. I do not understand scoring your first touchdown of the game in an offense that has struggled. I'll tell you another little thing, little coaching thing that drove me crazy last night as I sat down and got ready for the game. You've revamped your offense. You've got a new offensive coordinator. You've got a new starting quarterback. You as the home team get to choose whether you're going to take the ball first or kick it away and you kick it to the other team. 
normally I don't care what way you go. There's pluses and minuses either side. But in that situation, I think you need to send a message to your team, your fans, and the other team. We're excited about taking the ball and shoving it down your throat. We got something figured out, and we want to give it a try. It's a little thing, but it bothered me yesterday that Heinz Ward said, Ugh. it felt like he said, I'm, I'm afraid our offense still isn't ready. Give me at least a series, and I'll feel better. I want him to take the field and say, no, we want the ball first because we're going to, we've got this thing figured out. We're going to get this ball down into the end zone. And we want to show everybody, our fans, our players, your players, that you've come into Alamo Dome and, and, and you're not going to see the same team that you've been watching on film. And that's just not what he wanted to do. It's a little thing. He's not there. Man, I wish they'd have done it different. Yeah. I I agree with them, with Leo. He should have, I feel he should have gone for the three. We've said before on the podcast, they're very vanilla. This is the opportunity to show that I'm going to get a little nasty. When they did the one point, it showed they didn't even have enough trust in them themselves. No trust in the players that they could do two points or do three points. That they were only going to go for one because maybe that's the safest. And they have to change that mentality because all we've been seeing is vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. And we haven't seen any action. And yes, it does hurt when it's only two points when they could have had the opportunity to at least get those three points in the beginning of the game. I mean, you still have yeah. four more quarters. Let's, let's go for it, you know, and they didn't go for it. And, and think about it. They, it was a one point conversion, right. That they ended up having to go from the seven yard line. Right. If, if they, if they convert that and it was for three from 10 yards out, then what's the final, what's the score at the end of the game the regulation? 12, 12, 12, 12, if everything stays the same. Yeah, if everything stays the outside same. Outside of that. But, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's just my point. With a team that's struggling to score is an unknown quantity in offense right now. When you have an opportunity to take the th- to, to go for three, you're going to go – I say go for three. Uh, two at the very minimum. I think one should just not be an option. Uh, like uh, Dirty says in, in the, the Facebook comments here, Bad play calling and NFL mindset for you, for your coaching staff is the Brahma's problem. Nope. That, that hits hits the head on the nail just just about. Well, I mean, bad play calling. Yes, I think you're right. NFL mindset. I'm I'm not sure um, about that, but the coaching staff um, is an issue. And and I'm not look. There are two things that you have to set aside from each other when you talk about people. Uh, you have to talk about this is the kind of person they are, and this is professionally what I think of them. And so hear me when I say I don't have any issue with Heinz Ward. He has connected. Viva Texas was talking a second ago about he's embraced the city, the people, the culture. He's accessible to the community. I love all of that. I love like it. Heinz Ward. I think he's a bubbly, cool, um, easygoing guy. I like all of that. I'm going to take all of that for a second and I'm going to put it on a shelf and say, man, I realize you're new at this. I realize that that um, you've never been a head coach anywhere before and this is something you're learning as you go. And I'm willing to give you a certain amount of grace to do that. But you've got to show improvement. And if anything, I have seen areas of this team, the offense and the overall head coach, team which is him the head coach has regressed to me 
I do not feel like we are a better team than where we were when we lost to St. Louis in week one. And I, I feel like we're worse. I feel like we have regressed. We have come backward. And that bothers me a lot. And a lot of that is on the head coach. It just has to be. It has to be. Well, I I don't disagree with you on that, Philip. But what I'm saying is take a step back and realize and understand that we're looking of a body of work that consists of five games total. Five games, no preseason, uh, abbreviated um, uh, training camp. You know, uh, they drafted these guys literally a matter of a couple of weeks before training camp breaks open. Not a lot of prepar- not a lot of uh, preparation time. And we're five games into a season with a rookie head coach, and people are saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm done with this guy." I just don't. To me, that expectation is 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 not realistic and not fair. You want a professional head coach to be coaching your team, then right off the bat, and that's that's just not what this the XFL can provide at this at this point. Uh, you know, they, they they have a couple of veteran coaches. They provided like it said. in Houston. They they provided, they provided it, in it in DC. So at this point, you're saying you'd they, rather have Wade Phillips as as your head coach. Um, Four and one is a known one quantity. And four. No, no, no. I know, but yeah. At this point, we're we're looking we're we're looking at at one season. Okay, where's Wade Phillips going to be next season? Is there any guarantee he's still going to be the head coach? I mean, is there of, any guarantee the that Heinz Ward, Ward's going to be your coach of the San Antonio oh, Brahmas? No, no. Well, what I'm saying is, I believe Heinz Ward wants to be the head coach next year of the San Antonio Brahmas next year, and probably the one after that, and maybe even beyond. Hi, uh, uh, Wade Phillips, I'm not so sure. I'm My not so issue. sure. So do you want to have your one good year instead of build something? You'd rather have a coach that's going to be one and done because either he's retiring or because he's going to take the next step up right away but, to to but another you're talking job. About building something and building something goes up and there is there is progress. It's been and five games. It's been yeah, five but we games. Are, we don't look as good now as we did in the first two games of the season. We have come backward. That's not building. That's the opposite of building. I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uh so much that we're going backwards as as other teams in the league are are progressing a little bit more but they're not in the same situation that this team is in. They didn't draft their they didn't draft a team to be one thing and are ending up having to totally who made dismantle the decisions that on plan. who to draft and what to what to set up your team as. Who made that decision as to well, what that, football was, on Co- that was on coach Ward. But sure was. was he was he the uh, total uh, uh, guy in personnel and drafting? I, I'm sure he's not the only one making all these decisions. All I'm saying is I, I think people are being a little too hasty when they're ready to to, to say, oh, we're, we need a different head coach after after five games. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet because I, I think I think a guy deserves at least a season. Well, That's I, just me. I think the pressure is that if we don't. Uh, produce right a quality product, which is the Brahma team. You know, the the end result could be that we lose the whole league. And I no. know that's a lot of pressure d- compared to like the Cowboys or the Broncos. If they ha- they lose four in a row, three in a row, the league is not in uh, concern that oh they may not be in next year. 
I think that is the problem that they're thinking. If we don't do this, then it, it may affect the whole league. I think they need to just get get out there, give it their all, and not worry about that. I think they're just kind of tiptoeing, like, okay, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. Just kind of like go for it because the passion that I saw on the first game, I have not seen it since. And even though we won that one game in Orlando, there wasn't that that fire, that passion, that like, let me get this done. I just haven't seen it. First game, yes. Since then, I'm going to say no. Uh, go to the fourth quarter. Watch the uh, the sack of the other Jack on the team, Jack Kerner, on Sloter, where yes, he gets beautiful. him 11 beautiful. yards back and pushes him out of field goal position. Comes over to the sideline. There's a sideline interviewer there. She's there to, uh, interviewing him, talking about the last play. He removes his helmet. There's literally blood coming down from his chin, and he's unaware. He's just excited about what just happened, the play that he just made. Um, he's excited about the possibility. You know, they're still in it. They they have you know they they still have a chance at winning this game. She has to point out to him, hey, by the way, you might want to clean your chin. You're bleeding. Uh, what more do you want from your guys? I mean. But that's one play. Points on the often. scoreboard. No, that's I, what I, want I understand not often that. Enough. <laughs> not often enough. The, the, what I'm saying is the, is the defense is there. The offense yeah. is a work in progress. Um, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I believe so. I believe it is. <laughs> is it? I, there, has been, there have been some stumbling blocks. There have been some problems. Offensive line, we've all agreed since the beginning, is a huge one. They got to get things figured out at 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 quarterback. I think Cohen sure. isn't the guy. Uh, isn't the so guy? So let's talk about Jack Cohen and yeah. Reed Sinet for a minute, and and Jawan Pass and all yeah. of the other things. Uh, because Viva Texas pops in and says the offense lacks an offensive leader. I agree. I think he's right. Um, I think that for all of the Grace that we gave Jack Cohen as a show, because Leo and I and RC all said, hey, give this guy time. Let him figure it out. We saw last night yeah, the clear differentiation between anyone else, it happened to be Reed Sinet and Jack Cohen. And while when Reed Sinet was in there, it wasn't. Uh, right. It wasn't gangbusters. It wasn't amazing. They did score a touchdown. They did move the ball, um, but they didn't move the ball on every drive or anything like that. It was his first game out there. I think he did exceptionally sure. well. Oh, he did great. In but the then Jack time got that he had. Jack Cohen got in there, and everything stopped. Everything stopped. Yeah. So it's it's clear that Jack Cohen is is not the guy. And I'm not saying he's not a guy that could be a successful quarterback in some system somewhere, but in this situation and in this time right now, it's clear that Jack Cohen is not the guy. Yeah, when your quarterback's best play in more than a half of football is a running play, you got a problem. Yeah. And that was by far his best play, the, the running play where uh, – you know which one I'm talking about in the game where he actually got us onto the other side of the of field and then the, the offense just imploded after that. Oh, I thought maybe you were talking about the running play where he ran and got a yard from a first down and then just saw another player, uh, a, ren a renegade player, and 
dove headfirst into the field because that Bill doesn't Cohen. know how to fly. <laughs> no, that was not his best play. No, that, that was all. a an okay play that, but that was on third down. So that's arguable whether that was okay or not because uh, uh, he had enough space where he he had some room where he could have fought for that first down and and didn't and we ended up getting a field goal off of that, I believe. No, I'm talking about later in the game on a, on a, a QB run that ended up going for probably 12, 14 yards or something like that. Um, and then the next play uh, was a, uh, uh, a well, he, he slipped and fell. At, at first, during the game I watched, I thought I thought they tried to run the same play, but just to the, to the opposite side. Uh, but he lost his footing. Um, but clearly – Clearly, with with this offense, with with the way the offense is built and the offensive line protecting him, he, he doesn't have the tools to to be successful. And even the play calling changes when he's in there because of that. The coaches recognize this; they respect him because I think he's a respectable guy. He's a smart guy. Um, if you put him in the right situation, he's got the tools to be successful. But this isn't it. This isn't that situation. Um, I will tell you, based on yeah. what I saw last night. And based on what I've seen really through the first five games, but really based on what I saw last night, I would have shown back up in Arlington today, called Jack Cohen into my office today and said, pack a bag. Because here's the thing, Jack Cohen, if he is your quarterback, you are losing the game. He's playing scared. Anyone else that you see, Reed Sinet, Juwan Pass, uh, going and grabbing somebody off the shelf. You go into the game going, maybe, maybe we catch fire. Maybe there's a spark. Maybe we do something. But with Jack Cohen, I learned last night that if Jack Cohen is my quarterback, I cannot win. I can't win the game. You're right. He's playing scared. Yeah, in fact, you and I were scared. texting each other back and forth when he uh, did not finish out his run on that third down play that would have given him a first down uh, on the other side of the field and, and possibly moved them into some sort of field goal range, which now in hindsight would have been a big deal. Mm-hmm. He gave up on that third down play. He took a, a headlong dive into the turf because he doesn't know how to slide. And, uh, and in the midst of all of that, I texted you, he's scared. He's yeah. he's scared. He's it's scared evident. of getting hit. He's scared of throwing interceptions. He's scared of doing the wrong thing. So he throws the ball into the ground or he gives himself up. He's he's he plays scared. Not originally I thought it was he plays smart. Mm-hmm. But Same. I don't see it that way anymore. I, I see that he is playing scared. He's and if that's what I've got, himself. do what? I feel like he's second guessing himself. No. no confidence there. Well, maybe I, yeah. I just he sees any obstacle and goes, "Well, I don't want to deal with that." Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a oh, there's a Renegades player standing uh, a yard beyond the stick. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to get myself up here. Oh, there's somebody in that vicinity Area? of that receiver. <laughs> I don't want to throw that way. It might get tipped. Like. It, it, he's playing scared, and and based on what I saw last night, I, I know this sounds harsh, but I really would have called him into the office today and said, "We can't use you." I I I would rather go into battle right now with somebody that 
I don't know whether they give me a chance or not because I've decided that you're not going to give me the shot I need to win the game. You always play. You always play at quarterback, the guy that's going to give you the best chance to win. Jack Cohen is not going to give you the best chance to win. He's just not. In this system, you work out a trade with uh, Orlando and you bring, goodness, Paxton Lynch over here. Oh, God. And maybe (laughs) (laughs) – I don't know if that's going to work. And maybe he goes into that offense and he starts playing well because it's an offense that's that's better suited to him. I don't know. I'm just – in this system, he's not going to work. It's not going to work. Robert Rankin checking in. I did – I haven't run across this yet, but I hear that this is on the broadcast. Uh, the best comment watching the broadcast was the Renegades defensive back after the pick, after the interception. They just keep running the same plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And Lolis is right. What she's saying here, he's bound to get hurt if he plays scared. When you play sure. – those- when you play the sport of football, you can't you can't play scared because yeah, that's that's exactly how you get hurt. Mm. And 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 what that that that's that's a question right there. The the situation that the uh, the Brahmas are in, we don't know. Reed Sinet's condition. He they asked him after the game, and he didn't even know. Um, it, yeah, he said I gotta see the doctor, and I'll let you know. Yeah, it was a lower um, foot, wasn't a high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. so. That, I would love something positive. I would love to tell our listeners and watchers that I reached out to the team today and asked about his <laughs> status and they got back to me and said, here's what we know. And then I would give you <laughs> some sort of update. I will tell you That's part hilarious. of that statement is true. I reached out to the team today and asked for an update on Reed Sinet. I have received zero communication back from the team. Um, yeah. Not Terribly surprising, but I was no. hoping that I would be able to give you some sort of update um, on what they might know today, but alas, nothing. So, Viva Texas wants to trade yeah. Cohen for Mickey Mouse and a season pass to Disney World, like a stuff. I'd rather have I'd rather have oh. Mickey Mouse and a, a season pass to Disney World than Paxton Lynch, for sure. Maybe, for sure. yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, it. I would, I would, if they tell me if, if at any point over the next four or five days, we hear that Jack Cohen is going to start the game against Arlington next week. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Like I'm going to watch the game and I'm going to hope for the best because I'm a fan and I want, you know, him to figure it out. And I want, you know, despite what I feel like is true, I want the best for my team but if they tell me he's starting, I, I, I would definitely, you know, if I were they, laying money, lay it on our, our Arlington at that point. They may not have any options other than that. I mean, they obviously don't have confidence for some reason in Juwan Pass. Is they, there an injury issue with Juwan Pass? What's going on there? What was that? I said, is I there an what's injury going on there? I'm sorry. No. Is there an injury issue with Juwan Pass? Because I saw somebody the other day say he's not available for another week or two. Is he on some sort of reserve list? No idea. They haven't they haven't announced anything that I've seen. I haven't seen anything out there publicly uh, uh, said, you know, official. I so, but uh, but I, I think to this point, 
there there's a reason, right? There has to be. I did hear a rumor, and it's just rumor. Rumors are what they are. Take them or leave them. Um, I am not passing this along as news or truth. I am passing it along as a rumor that um, someone overheard a player on the Brahma's roster in conversation say that Jawan Pass has everything, every skill set he needs to play quarterback for this team, except the skill set he needs above the shoulders. Um, so like that, he's not he's not processing the playbook he's not he's not grasping yeah between and again in the that's a rumor the, that's a rumor yeah. that i heard from a guy who heard it from a guy who heard it from a player a guy actually he heard it directly from a player but in any case um if that's the case if that's true um that would give you pause that would give any of us pause as fans right. as coaches as anybody else if he was struggling to um, make the right decisions and process the playbook in the way we needed him to, any of us would go, I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy I want to put the ball in his hands. Um, Hold on. The um, Brahma's office is calling me. Not. <laughs> they okay. never give us I almost believe you for a second there. RC. I was like, all right. Live <laughs> they were calling to say, tell Philip to shut up right now. <laughs> Nobody said Philip that stop. ever. Tell him to be quiet. <laughs> um, they don't, and I don't understand because I've reached out to, the, out to them. I know y'all have reached out to them. All we want to do is help the team. And we want to be that connection between the fans and the team. And it seems like we're the plague that they don't want to have anything to do with us, you know. Love Dirty. them as people, you know. I just don't get it. Dirty checking in on uh, Facebook says 100% right, Philip Higginbotham. Hey, Dirty, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I know that's true because whatever you're agreeing <laughs> what is, with, me what on, are you referring to? I'm 100% right. That's the way it works, man. <laughs> don't, don't make his head bigger. <laughs> um, I am hopeful that the one thing I like about the fact that Reed Sedet did not know yesterday what his injury was, I am hopeful it's something small. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's it wasn't a fracture. Scenario. It wasn't a fracture. It wasn't something that they could quickly identify like a fracture, maybe even a high ankle sprain, although that's something you usually get in an MRI. Um, those are the things that I immediately thought when – Leo sent me a picture of Reed Sinet on crutches, which I know for those of you that watch the broadcast, did they not make it clear that Reed Sinet was injured? No. Um, yeah, they, well, they said he was questionable to return and they showed him going into the tent and they showed him with a limp on the sideline, but they never showed him that I saw what I saw there live at the game with him in a boot and crutches. And I'm when I saw the broadcast later, I was like, there's nothing questionable about that. He's done. Cause I see a lot of folks saying, I don't understand why they took Reed Sinet out. And then it falls into one of two categories. I don't understand why they took him out in the first half when they yes. gave Jack that, that one series. I agree with that. But even some people are like, no, why didn't they put him back in, in the second half? They didn't put him back in in the second half because he was injured. Um, yeah, but not in the first in the first half. And that that's my biggest gripe with with Heinz Ward making that decision, putting Cohen in there in the first half when he didn't really have to. Just because it was decided 
going into the game, and you know, I, I would disagree with that decision to begin with of okay, we're gonna give one guy a couple series and another guy a couple series. That just has never worked. It's I've never, never been a fan been of good. that. I didn't like it in the Mike Riley days when we were commanders mm-hmm. fans. Uh, I did not like seeing it last night. It felt like we were building. It felt like we were improving um, offensively to me. And then you just kind of short-circuited all of that because you took your offensive momentum and you put it in Jack Cohen's hands and he threw it into the ground Um, or, or whatever he does with the ball. It just didn't work out. And the injury is what it is. Like, you can't help that. Reed Sedek right. got injured. They put Jack Cohen in. That's all that that's all they could do at that point. But I do not understand the decision there in the first half at all. Yeah, that 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 kind of irked me. Um, and a lot of fans around me, they were like, why is Cohen back in the game? And I was like, right. honestly, I have I had no idea why Cohen was in there at that point, especially when Sinet was moving the ball well and scored a touchdown. Right. Like, to me, he had earned the right to continue playing and showing mm-hmm. what he's got. We saw what Cohen had for four games. We saw it. Sinet had earned the right to to stay in there, I think. And that's that's my biggest criticism of, of Heinz Ward right there for this game. They pulled him out too quick and for no reason. David, checking in on Facebook, speaking of commanders, did you see Kenneth Farrell running the yes. ball for the Renegades? I did. Mm-hmm. I also and- saw Kenneth Farrell on a cart. Yep. Uh, drive past me uh, going toward the tunnel. So I hope Kenneth Farrow is okay. I realize he's an Arlington renegade right now, but he was one of my favorite commanders guys. And I don't want to see anything like that. happen. He, he, he wasn't on the Arlington roster to start the season. They picked no, him up just a couple of weeks, weeks into the ago. season. And I don't think I've ever been mad about seeing someone get picked up <laughs> in the XFL until that point. And, and probably since then, I saw that and I got mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Kenneth Farrell was available and he's on any other team besides the San Antonio team. It just felt so wrong. But when he but was we don't need making... another running back. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I understood that, but I, I was just, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, I, I was upset when I read that. And then I saw him out there and, you know, he played some last week as well and had looked really good until he got hurt. When he got hurt, I was like, man, I, I hope, I hope he's, I hope he recovers quickly. Before I went to the suite, I'm sorry about that. Before I went to the suite, I saw a guy in a jersey with the commander, and it had Pharaoh on the back. Yeah. He's a big fan of Kenneth Pharaoh. He actually uh, was supposed to get an autograph after the game. I hope that happened for him. Um, But I talked to him at the tailgate before the game, and he said uh, he had actually made contact with Kenneth Pharaoh, told him he was going to be there in his Kenneth Farrow commander's jersey and that Kenneth Farrow was very excited about that. Uh, Elizabeth Clayton checking in on Facebook. I love my Brahmas no matter what. Well, good, uh, because they need you. They need those fans. They need fans like us um, because uh, you're not going to get the casual fan. No. If, If things don't improve in these next two games on the road, which... For everybody that is on the cliff, for everybody that's ready to jump off the ledge, I did the math today. They're still in it. If they you beat Arlington, okay. if they beat Arlington and they beat Vegas, they will obviously have a one-game jump with Arlington because Arlington will have to lose versus them. 
And then Arlington plays Seattle, and Seattle is a better team than Arlington. So they lose that week two, the way I see it. And then all bets are off. We are If I do my math right, we have a tied record with Arlington at that point. I don't know what it comes down to, what the second, because our head-to-head matchup will be one and one. So I guess it would be um, the division. Well, it might be point differential. I was saying they beat us by two. We we got to beat them by at least three points at their place, and then maybe have the upper hand. But I don't know what the next tiebreaker is. Maybe someone right. can chime in and let us know. But if it's point differential, then all we got to do is get a, a win by three or more. But if we can beat Arlington, and we can, we should have beat Arlington last night. If yeah. we can beat Arlington, and we can beat Vegas, we're still in this thing. Like we're only halfway through the season. There's no reason to give up yet. It looks grim. And if they don't get the offense working, it's going to be rough. And I get all of that. But um, <coughs> there's no reason that this is that we have to pack things in now and be like, well, there's always next year. It's not that time yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we may get there, but it's not there. Herb Phillips checking in on YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube too. And he says, I'll be there, ride or die. That's great. The next home game. Obviously, Easter Sunday, April 9th, um, there in the Alamo Dome against the Houston Roughnecks. Um, Going to be a, a big game, especially yeah. if San Antonio can get these next two wins. It starts to set things up um, with some momentum. Look, they're so close. Any offensive production at all, and they're winning games it's- instead of losing them. It's really tough because they're really so close. Like so close. I, I think there's only one position they gotta get they gotta get figured out. But unfortunately, that position is quarterback. Is the quarterback yeah. position so, the major yeah. one? It's the yeah. major one. But 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 that's 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 all. That's really all it is. They're 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 very very close to being a totally different team than what we've seen. And and I thought I thought we saw we saw hints of it in that in the first half with, with, with uh, Reed Sinet. I really did. Yeah. It was exciting. Just see some new blood in there. Viva Texas saying he's looking forward to being at every game home and away from here on out, man. I wish that was my story. It's not, Um, but enjoy those. Enjoy those games all the way up in uh, Arlington, all the way out in Vegas. You're going to both of those, Leo, yeah? You're going yes. to every one of the remaining games as well, yes? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I will, by end of season, I will have been at eight of the possible ten games, so just missing Seattle and Orlando. Seattle and Orlando. Those were too far. <laughs> I couldn't make yeah. those trips. I hear you. Uh, where's, your, where's your passion? Where's your <laughs> commitment? <laughs> Come on. Leo. The passion and the commitment is there. It's the funding that's not. Yes. <laughs> oh. well, I, I won't be going to um, Arlington and I won't be going to Vegas either. Okay. So, I'm not I'm going to Arlington. Root, I'm not going the, to Vegas either. The watch games. That's I will be, I will be watching the games from the coast here in Texas. So, um, I don't know. So that's the game that, you know, we'll talk more about it. Keep leaving your comments. Keep telling us what struck you. Um, 
We do want to transition because we did have a great time at the tailgate. And hey, even if they lose the next two games, you should be at the next home game. If for no other reason, then you should come out and enjoy an incredible tailgate. If you are a person that likes uh, awesome people and good food, it's worth your $25 to park and be a part of the tailgate. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, $40 once you go through tailgate or once you go through Ticketmaster. If you went through Ticketmaster, the fees were almost $48. 40, I did not. 38, 40. 38. I did yeah. not go and do that. I just pulled up and I paid $25 on my credit card. No fees. So maybe there was a miscommunication or maybe there's a push for well, that's interesting. Uh, fans to go. My understanding from the San Antonio Brahma's organization, and since they haven't reached out to me to clarify any of this, even though I've asked those questions, this is what I got to go with, is that you. they were not going to allow anyone to park in B or C without prepaid parking passes. You're correct, Philip. I have seen that. I have seen that put out there. I, I have seen the exact same thing you're talking about. But like RC, I can also attest that it's either A, not true, or B, that's not being communicated to the parking attendants out there because you are able to purchase parking passes at the at the entrance to the parking lot. They are there charging for tar- parking passes if you need to purchase one. But as so, soon as you walk go up figure. or drive up, they have the um, credit card machine in their hand. Why right. would they have that unless they know that you can pay right then and well, there? Because it's the same thing that they scan your barcode with. It's all the same uh, scanner. You know, it's it's all one machine. Via Texas, every single person who has visited has left San Antonio, saying the tailgate was incredible, and they've never they've never been so welcomed anywhere else. That's true. Was Los Mosquitos? Because I made a different. bet with him that we had the best tailgating. I haven't heard a peep out of him. Uh, if oh. he makes it up, I think he will make it up for the, uh, the Houston Roughnecks game. I don't yeah. know about Carlos, but if he comes up, I think he would be coming up for that game. Um, and I hope he does because it's, it's an incredible experience from, we from... saw everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a full tailgate. Like, no, no, we only had 13 saw... people there. Very disappointingly. So, but. Yeah, no, I, I think Jason, you, you have this worst tailgate, laugh out loud, being pulled up. I think he's referring to the Houston tailgate oh, because, okay. as RC was mentioning about, about Los Misterios, everything I've heard, now I can't say from firsthand experience because I didn't make it to the tailgate. I was with family that live in Houston. Um, but everything I heard from people that witnessed it, their tailgate is awfully weak compared to other places not even San Antonio, just other places that they're just not, it might have something to do with the, the area that the stadium is in. Cause I've heard a lot of bad things right. about that. So, I mean, might not be the best place you want to hang out all day long mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. I don't right. know. Well, I told him we had a better tailgate and then he says, you don't want to make a bet with me. And I said, bring it. Well, that's a bet, <laughs> right? Oh no. He, uh, dirty clarifies San Antonio's the worst tailgate. 
Well, now Dirty's just being a troll because right. I mean yeah. he's he's good at that. So <laughs> troll on, Dirty. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, this lady, I'm I'm not sure if you know this person or not, Leo. Uh, Lolis Yamas. She's kind of cute. I'm asking for her number. I love sharing food and drinks with everyone. Anyone is welcome. I got to tell you, I hung out around uh, Dolores and Leo yesterday at their tent. They had some of the most amazing fajitas. Delish. It was incredible. It was amazing. And we I'm saw fat everybody. for a reason, people. There's a reason <laughs> I am fat. We and saw Viva contributor. We saw Van Hurst, the mayor of the XFL. Yes. We saw Marcy Grace. Alamo uh, Distillery. Alamo Distillery was there. Um, there was a guy that was just trying to make a name for himself in in barbecue, and so he pulled up and gave free brisket away. Oh man, that brisket was so tender. And he's uh, a friend it, of Jorge, though. Yeah, Jorge, yeah, give us would... the name of them if you don't mind, so we can give him a shout out. And then my yeah. friend Patricia Graham had that mobile um, photo booth going around taking pictures of everybody. Right. And then right. if they had an iPhone, she downloaded the picture right then and there. Very interactive. We had props. We even had the police officers um, taking pictures. We were taking pictures of them. So we had a lot going on there. I had invited um, Marcy to come out. I originally had told her she could bring her guitar. And then she said she wasn't able to. And then at the last minute, she says, yes, I'm coming. So I'm glad that I was able to reach out to her and invite her to come tailgate. It was great to see Marcy Grace. Uh, yes. I haven't seen her in a while. I listen to her music all the time. We made a uh, connection with her all the way back in the Commanders days when she wrote a song for the San Antonio Commanders that the San Antonio Commanders used one time. One in time. the In the middle of a second quarter of a Commanders game for some odd reason. And if you didn't know that that was her, you wouldn't have known it was her song. Um, I uh, think that it is possible that um, she may have something in the works with the San Antonio Brahmas, but that's all I'm going to say about that. I, I think it's possible. Keep your ear to the ground because Marcy Grace may be putting something together. And she is one of two people. We actually yeah. have uh, a Brahmas song that will be dropping um april 7th between april 7th and 9th yeah just uh, corner and Super. that is from captain brahma captain brahma, brahma himself yeah and his band viva texas checking in marty was the sweetest person marcy is great marcy yeah. is spectacular um she is a great person to be around an amazing person to talk sports with because she is a huge sports fan and her music is awesome. Like, I am a huge, huge Marcy Grace fan. Um, love her stuff. She's great. I'm glad yeah. that we've been able to keep that connection from Commander Days. She's mm -hmm. always inviting me to go out to wherever she's playing. Thirsty Whores, Bernie, you name it. And um, I'm, like I said, I'm glad she felt close enough to come out and just hang out with us. Yeah, the uh, it's it's great to see people out in the community really engaged with this team, and you know going the extra mile with their fandom and doing things like making music. Uh, you've got you've got uh, Marcy and Cra Captain Brahma, you know Brian Winsloff and Viva Texas both have heard the the song. They're they're chiming in on Facebook how how great it is. Uh, 
um it's, it's called stand up uh but yeah it's it's a it's a hard rock song so mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's a uh, it's pretty cool um but it's just to see the fandom and 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 spreading you know people are are at the games and and part of their highlight beyond the game and the tailgating experience is just meeting some of these guys while they're there, meeting Marcy Grace, getting a chance to meet Marcy Grace, meet, getting to, a chance to meet El Mariachi, getting a chance to meet, uh, you know, traveling people that are popular like the mayor um, and uh, Captain Brahma. There was a story, one story that I witnessed that was kind of cool where a kid with his family was walking by and he saw Captain Brahma recognize him, came up to him and he's like, hey, Captain Brahma. He turns around and he said, he said, yeah. And he goes, I have a question to ask you. He's like, can I be your sidekick? I'd love to be Lieutenant Brahma and I'll dress up and everything and I'll come and hang out with you at the games. And he was like, yeah, bring it. Come on. I can't wait to see what you, what you, what you, uh, what you've got. So that was pretty cool. You know, the kid must've been, you know, 12 years old, something like that. And he just comes up to him and he's like, and, and then I, I believe he, he asked him uh, uh, for his autograph. So, I mean, it's kind of cool uh, when you get to, to kind of share of so much of yourself when it comes around this team that it, it becomes like people that embrace the team. They see you so much around that you kind of, you kind of become part of that for them as well, where they're even asking you for autographs. That's uh, that to me, that, that is, that's cool. That's just great. I love to see that. Absolutely. Cause if you're not excited about the players and you're not excited about the game, and if you're not excited about winners, wins or losses, you definitely have to get excited about the fans that we have for the Brahmas. They are amazing. They're like I said before. I kind of ter- made the term family, family fans, because that's what. You, as soon as you get on there, people like I had my tent never opened it. I bought it just for um the tailgate. I got there. Someone said, "Do you need some help?" I'm like, "Actually, I do." Boom, boom, boom. Like two seconds later, my whole tent was up. You know. So it just shows you what kind of fans we really do have. Great spirit. They're passionate. And I, I know the, the losses are hard. I know it. I get it. It's hard to watch them. And then when they only lose by two points. But, man, we got the best fans. I mean, we really do. I love it. Here you go. Uh, let's see if you can hear this on the – oh, i got to turn the sound off. Still not hearing it, are we? Never mind. I was going to try to play. Yeah, that's not coming uh, across so horn. good. <laughs> no. But that's the the hook right there. Horns forward. Horns. Yeah, forward. horns forward. Um, very exciting. Yeah. Good solid song. I'm still trying to work out the technical side yeah. so we can hear it. But, uh, well, you see his name there, Soup Mike Steele. If you want to go look him up and find him, you, you, I'm sure you'll find him. You look for Captain Brahma. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's shared a teaser of that song. He gave us permission to tease the song as well. Um, well, there you go. We're not doing Technology it justice. Is great it does sound <laughs> Uh, I will work on that for a, a couple more minutes and see if I can figure out why I'm not hearing because I'm not hearing it on my side either. Well, I did want to mention um, one of the reasons why I'm not going to the Easter games is because I'm going to go see my grandbaby. She was born on Saturday, um, eight oh. pounds, one ounce. So I'm an abuela now. 
Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. I didn't even know that that was uh, happening there. That's a big yes. deal. Yes. My stepdaughter in Arizona, she's pregnant and, well, not anymore. Um, right. So she delivered on, on Saturday and uh, super excited. Naya Cheyenne, I call her Shia. So I'm going to go visit my grandbaby. So super excited. So that takes precedent over the game. Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, Philip's still working on that song. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) since we're talking about family stuff, I do want to mention and send a a congratulations and happy anniversary because I see that Mo uh, Ferrante is on the Facebook group right now and commenting. And uh, Mo and Iris were at the game pulling hard for our Brahmas all the way to the end. And it was their, I think, seven-year anniversary um, and they spent it at the game instead of going out. That was uh, that was their anniversary uh, celebration. Um, I felt bad that the team couldn't come up with a win for them on that occasion. But uh, nonetheless, they had a good time. I know we talked afterwards and we're still pulling for for the win the next in the next one. Happy anniversary. Yep. Seven years. Happy anniversary to you guys. Let's see if we got it. Can you hear that now? So there you go. There's a little bit of little a song that you can look yeah, for uh, soon good. on one uh, of the songs. Yeah, one of the songs. Yeah, I think you might have a couple of options. Maybe, yeah, uh, sooner or later. Mo says it's their seven year anniversary yes. that they celebrated last night. Congratulations to both of them. And they said they had a great time at the game. Well, that's good because. Uh, that's what you deserve. You deserve having a great time <laughs> doing what you enjoy. And Mo and Iris have always been big supporters Faithful. of San Antonio Faithful. pro football right there with us, whether it's uh, commanders or gunslingers or Brahmas, they've been right there with us. And that's, uh, yep. that's awesome stuff. Great people. So we can still make some noise we can still have uh you know a postseason i mean i realize that i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna start talking playoffs and somebody's gonna jump in the comments and say playoffs playoffs i just hope we win a game (laughs) yeah and i understand that but really uh you have a crappy first half of the season but if you have a really good, solid second half of the season in an eight-team league, you can still make your way into the playoffs. And would you rather be good at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year um, as you head into the playoffs? I mean, I'd rather be good the whole time, I guess. That'd be great. 
<laughs> if we could do that, but it is not in the cards. The first half of the season has not gone well. No. But it's possible that the second half of the season could come up. I mean, look, they're, they were not far off from beating Houston. Mm-hmm. So we talk about, hey, they can beat Arlington, and sure, they can beat Vegas. Heck, they can beat Houston. I know that that seems like a crazy idea right now, but any offensive production at all, and and that game against Houston is a game again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Seattle. So you could you could substitute Seattle in there for Houston as well. I know you're saying Houston because they've only lost one game. But the game they lost was well, but we've Seattle. got another game. We've <laughs> so, got another game against Houston coming up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It, they've been in every game as bad as the, as the offense has been, with a chance to win it at the end, and they just haven't been able to. It's like Coach Ward said: execution. We're not executing. Yeah, um, it's like he said in the post game conference. He he recognizes the problem. He's trying to figure out. How, what is the answer to that problem? What is the solution? Uh, it's a tough job, you know. Um, I know I understand why people are getting frustrated, but it, it's sure. not easy. Uh, Elizabeth Clayton, this is their first year, they're all still learning, and that's true. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. We've talked and we've alluded to the post game press conference, but it occurs to me that a lot of folks have not heard it. Um, so Leo and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand, and maybe we take an opportunity now to just kind of go through some of this and we may stop it some along the way. We were obviously weren't able to be in the room for the press conference. I have some questions I would have loved to have asked, uh, but that's just not what we get to do. But for now, um, here is Heinz Ward and his post-game press conference. So you want to be a ball coach, huh? (laughs) That's, that's kind (laughs) of... Listen, man, we're we're just not executing. We're uh, for whatever reason. Uh, hats off to Arlington. I mean, they came in our home. Uh, they executed better uh, than we did. It's just frustrating. Um, you know, I, I see the hard work that these kids put into it, but right now it's just more of a mental thing. Um, you know, we all understand why a lot of these guys are here in the XFL. And I'm, and I'm trying like hell to, to help them out. And a lot of it really doesn't have to do with football. You know, it's, it's stuff outside of football. So that's why my frustrations, man, are, are, are so high because I see the guys putting in a lot of work. and uh, I see the time that they committed to it. But um, the lack of execution, I mean, of course, it always starts with the head coach. You know, um, you know I got to. Um, I tried to change some things up offensively, um, having Reed started off. Uh, he ended up with a foot injury in the second half, couldn't couldn't play for the rest of the game. Um, we lost Norman Price uh, with a knee injury, so he went down. Uh, I mean, he's gutting it out, trying his best to, to stay in the fight. Um, now, I will tell you, I'm going to pause it right there for a second, and I will tell you, um, I watched this earlier today and immediately sent both of you a message and said, it feels like Heinz Ward is defeated. He seems defeated. Now, granted, this is a few minutes after you've taken your third loss in a row. We've all been there. We've all felt defeated too last night as we were leaving the stadium. Well, about the time you were 
working your way through the parking lot at the stadium, that's when we're talking about Heinz Ward having this conversation with media. So, uh, but he does sound like he's kind of out of ideas. Like, I don't know what else to do. I, 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 you know, do you get that feeling, Leo? Um, not really. I, I, I'm taking it from a different take. I'm, I'm, I am, um, taking the words that he's saying and, and the way I'm translating that is frustration, not so much, uh, uh, defeated, but more in frustration of, he mentioned injuries. Um, he mentioned, you know, he made, he's made some changes. He recognizes adjustments. Um, the very first thing he talked about was players, but not in the fashion that we've seen from like guys like, Oh, I don't know, Terrell Buckley, where he's pointing the finger at. Right. I'm putting it on my shoulders. I feel really bad for these guys because I see the work they're putting into it but we're just not able to execute for certain things. And it's more of a mental aspect than a talent aspect. So I think in my opinion, I think Hyde's Ward takes the whole underlying purpose of this league, which is getting these guys looked at, getting these guys a chance to move up. I mean, he mentioned at the beginning of the season, one of his top goals was to get, I forget what percentage of his team, you know, in, in NFL camps, you know, I think he takes that really seriously over more so over than, than um, uh, trying to, to do everything he can to win games, which is why I think Cohen is even still getting looked at. That's why, that's why he was in there in that first half. I believe. Um, So I think it's more a frustration where like he knows exactly what needs to be done and he's trying to get that accomplished, but Things outside of his control are coming up, such as injuries um, and just such of these mental blocks where he he talks about players where they get down on themselves. They can't. I think I'm getting ahead of it because I think he's going to talk about it in a little bit where, you know, something bad goes on and they take it too much to heart. I, I, I think he's on the right track. I don't I don't see so much defeat as frustration. Okay. Uh, Jeffers had a. Uh ankle injury so you know i appreciate all these guys fighting their their tails off but third down efficiency uh, wasn't up to our standards uh, the lack of explosive plays let me stop right there and say is he talking about our third down efficiency which has always been bad or is he talking about defensively we were bad on third downs defensively this 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 game we were. it hasn't traditionally been the uh the case but we could not get off the field on third downs, it seemed like. No, they couldn't. And um, going back and watch the broadcast, I think a lot of that was fatigue because I think the offense uh, had a lot of short possessions. Again, something right. we're not used to, but the defense was on the field a lot. Um, and there were times where they even created turnovers and came off, came off the field. And then before they knew it, they were back out there again. So, But, yeah, definitely more struggles uh, from the uh, – uh, the defensive side than the, the offense than what we're used to seeing. We're going to jump right back into the press conference here in a second, but I have to mention that we have a special guest checking in on Facebook, Caleb roller. Hope y'all, hope y'all are doing well and have a blessed night. Caleb, uh, we're going to be red. talking. 
We're going to be talking some gunslinger stuff right near the end of the show because they started training camp today. Yep. They started working on their season right now. And Love hey, it. all that stuff you guys are, are, are mad. I would go watch San Antonio professional football if it was a winning team. Hey, if you're one of those people, start signing up for your tickets to the gunslingers mm-hmm. because that's going to be good stuff. Uh, let's jump right back into this with Heinz Ward, though. Went up to our standards. Uh, we just got to find a way to be able to adjust in the second half. You know, I thought we did good to get some points at the end. Uh, we went down there and we had a turnover. You know, and that was that was the one thing I've been stressing. Uh, when you're not clicking uh, on all cylinders, you can't turn the football over. Uh, we had two today. Um, you know, which. Um, they got the turnover, and then they went 98 yards down and scored on us. So uh, that's just a momentum killer there. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. We're one in 14. Um, just frustrated, man, because I know we're better than that. It's just, you know, we got to execute better. And until we do that, we're going to continue to struggle. So um, that was really my message uh, to the team. Uh, we we face this game, uh, team again next week in Arlington, so um, you know we're familiar with each other. This hurts. It's a divisional game, and and uh, I've learned a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about my teams. I'm learning a lot about my coaches. So uh, as you're getting thrown into the fire, you're trying your best to put out a lot of fires and trying to adjust and get things how you want it. So um, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to get things fixed. I'm going to start doing the things how I want it to do. Coach, what, what went into the decision to start uh, Reed? We just needed something different. I mean, Amen. It, was like, it wasn't nothing against Jack. It's just, you know, um, philosophies. We just needed a whole new reset, you know. Um, I, I love Reed's mobility. Uh, I think that he got us a lot of when protection broke down, he was able to create, you know, I think you saw that on the touchdown pass that he threw to Vasher. And in this league, when, when protection is not at a premium, you need athleticism being able to move around in the pocket and create things. And, and, and that's what Reed brought to the table. So let me ask you a question, Leo is, is this something he's just realizing? Might be. I mean, because when he built this team and there's that NFL thinking that Brady was mentioning earlier, when he built this team, he said, I'm going to build this on defense and running game. That was that was the plan. Maybe he didn't realize that the offensive line play was not going to be where it needs to be. If you if you want to if you want to do that, D.C. has been able to do it, though. Mm -hmm. You know, D.C. has. They're they're undefeated and they've they've built that team on a strong running game and a strong defense, so it's not impossible, but it just seems like maybe he's realizing we don't have the guys in place to right. be, be able to do that. Whether it's uh, whether it's a, a question of talent or a question of injuries, because they've been hit hard since the very first game. They were hit on the offensive line with injuries, right? But he just he's talking about Reed Sinet's mobility and. Yeah, it was it was obvious. Like we were texting each other during the game, and there were several plays that's like that's why you need Reed Sinet was mm-hmm. that particular uh, when the protection isn't there. Yeah, 
Yeah. So he's pointed at the offensive line with that comment. If you unpack that statement a little bit, but I, and I got the sense from what he was saying was across the league protection is not great in this league, mm-hmm. and he's right. Um, with the with the possible exception of DC, I don't think anybody really has offensive line play figured out very well. In fact, it was brought up today on the XFL subreddit that maybe the XFL should have considered. AAF style defensive rules because it's become clear that defenses are doing a way better job Mm -hmm. uh, getting two quarterbacks than uh, offensive lines are doing protecting them. And that was something that the AAF noted was going to happen from the beginning and said, we're going to put some rules in place. So you could only have uh, five guys rushing the quarterback. You could not overload on a blitz. And they had to be within a certain yardage of the uh, of the tackle box. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. have a you couldn't have a corner come and do a corner blitz. You couldn't have a safety uh, come in. They had to be within a certain area to be able to be one of those rushers on the quarterback. Might um, not be a bad idea at this you yeah. know, at this level. Yeah, I mean, with what we're seeing across the league, not just in San Antonio, but across the league, um, maybe you know. I don't know how severe his foot injury is, but um, it was just sad because he worked his tail off. He was super excited, man. He's always been a consummate pro. Even when he wasn't named a starter, he was helping. Uh, actually had some insights on some plays. Um, so hopefully we'll see uh, where his foot is with that. But um, I, I, I love the crap out of him, man, because he's, you know, he's everything you want in a quarterback. I mean, from first – guy in the building to show up, the last guy to leave. I mean, he really loved ball. So, uh, Gabriel Romero with my essay. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just wanted to see what are some of the challenges of playing uh, the same team two weeks in a row? Um, yes, it's, it's, I've never done it <laughs> ever. Uh, but uh, it's just a part of the business. I mean, for us, we go we have to clearly change something in the game plan to make something that's that's different we just got to be more efficient and we got to score some points man I, you know um you know i was on the team uh during my playing days where the offense we weren't scoring points but our defense found ways to create some points and create turnovers to put us in the short field and right now we're just not complimenting each other you know uh tenny got an interception and we went right down and scored. We have to do more on that. And that's what I was in search for. But, you know, um, all season long, being one and four, they shown, we've shown flashes. We just haven't been able to keep it consistent for uh, a full 60 minutes. And I think that's all a part of the learning process, the growth of our players, developing these players. And, um, like I said, maybe we got some playmakers. Um, we just have to keep pushing them to get better, teaching them how to be a pro, teaching them you got to have a short memory when things don't go well. You know, I can tell you what I've seen thus far in the league when things don't go well. Uh, a lot of these kids go in the tank very fast, and uh, that's what we got to help develop them out, you know, especially if you're trying to go at the next level. You're going to get beat they get paid too uh, but it's the good ones who can be able to have a short-term memory and respond and bounce back 
And I think that uh, with the players that we have in our league, um, I see that a lot. You know, they can't overcome themselves of making a mistake or getting beat on the coverage. It just they just dwell on it, dwell on it. And the next thing you know, another play happens. And it's just it's like snow it's a snowball effect. So I'm trying like hell to 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 help the players in that sense. And I'm going to continue to be on them and help them because, you know, I can see that's the reason why they're down here playing in our league in the XFL. They just have to grow and to develop about being a pro about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. How do it feel to be back here after? Man, I I I love San Antonio, man. I, I I'm just I'm disappointed, man, because I want to give the fans more. You know, um, you know, I, I signed up for this job, um, thinking that man, I can. It'd be so awesome to uh, bring a nice product and put on the field. That's what I'm talking about, Philip. You know, for our fans. Yeah for the good people of San Antonio, man. So I'm more disappointed in myself, uh, not only for the players. Uh, right there. But for the fans of San Antonio, man. I mean, I appreciate, I know tickets uh, aren't cheap. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, they spend their hard-earned money uh, to come out and show their support. And I, and I appreciate the hell out of them for doing that, you know. So, um, you know, I apologize because – it's my job as a head coach to put a better product on the field. And I'm going to work like crazy to do that. I will do that. You know, I, I don't sleep at night because I want, I want it. I want it not only for my players, but for the fans. So I'm my, my brain is always going to tweak things and be wondering yep. how can I improve this thing? And, and uh, I'm going to do all I can to get this thing right. So uh, it's, it's been a while since we played at home. Right now we're 0 and 2, so uh, I know we finished the season up with three games, man. I want to make sure that the people's get their money's worth in those last three games, man. I think we owe it to our fan base to do that, and and I'm gonna keep pushing forward. I'm gonna keep changing things to get it right. So whatever I gotta do, I'm gonna do all I can to to fix it. Because I yeah. So right, go go ahead. Go ahead. I would say so. Right there is what I'm talking about when I watched this press conference and it came to my, it came to my mind, the people that are, that are saying, Oh, you know, Heinz Ward, isn't the answer at coach. It's, you know, he's, he's a bad, he's a terrible, terrible head coach. We need to move on. He's, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't even go as say the, the harsh words that I've seen said towards Heinz uh, Ward at this point when I'm like, this is a guy with no coaching head coaching experience first year, we're five games into a season and he's got the right attitude. He's got players that are playing hard. Yeah. They're not, they're not winning. The offense isn't pulling through, but they're still playing hard all the way to the end. They're not giving up. Um, The players are excited for the fan base. He's excited for the fan base. Wade Phillips isn't going to sit there and talk about like, you know, I apologize. It's, it's my fault. And I feel bad for Wade the Phillips fan base. doesn't need to. He's winning games. But if, if he were in that situation, he's not going to care about how much, you know, Joe and, and, and Sally and whatever from San Antonio are paying for their tickets to come and watch the game. He's not, you know, th- this guy is invested in this team and he's invested in building something for San Antonio. And I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, as a San Antonio football fan, that's exactly what we need. 
because we've seen these these other leagues come and go and we've seen the failures and we need a guy that's going to fight tooth and nail to make it work right here in this town. That's what we need first and foremost above all else. And, and so for people to give up on this guy after only five games as a head football coach, when he, he's been competitive in every single game, haven't hasn't lost a, a single game out more than a, a one score differential, and people are already ready to throw him out in the trash. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it one little bit. So I would not fire uh, Heinz Ward. I know that there are some folks that have said that they're going to be at the Easter Sunday game with shirts on that say fire, fire Heinz Ward. Uh, I don't get it. Th- that's their right. They can do they that. Can if do they can do it all to. they want, but um, I would not do that. I would not make a change midseason. I think Viva Texas said something earlier about you don't do that. Um, I agree. My point is not we need to get rid of Heinz Ward. My point is actually, in hindsight, Heinz Ward never should have been the head coach of of the San Antonio Browns. Now that we can't do anything about that, and so we move forward with what we have, but bringing in Heinz Ward, Terrell Buckley, Rod Woodson, um, it just it hasn't worked. It is an experiment that is not working. And unfortunately, we are caught up in the uh, tires, underneath the tires of all of that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I do. I I I, I get it. But I just don't think I, – I think that people that, that are that short-sighted and after only five games are, are willing to, to – uh, to, to give up on a guy that has that attitude and hasn't given you any reason to, I mean, he's taken responsibility for, for all of this and some things that he doesn't even really have to, but he's gone above and beyond to make it clear that he puts it on his own shoulders. And, and I, I appreciate I just, that. Yeah. yeah that's, that's something I think that, that deserves <sighs> However. You know, give the guy some credit. And then especially uh, still being competitive in your first five games against veteran uh, you know, veteran head coaches that he's had to he's had to uh, uh, compete against. I just don't think he's getting enough credit for the 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 performance he's put to this point. I understand one and four isn't good. I understand the people of San Antonio feel that any team we have they need to be you know a, a, a winning team or else they're not good enough for us to be in the stands. We'll just watch them on TV or we won't watch them at all. But I think that's a that. San Antonio attitude that needs it some is. adjustment. That that's just that's just BS. That's that's stuff that we got spoiled with the Spurs being that good for so long. It's all that we had, and we got used to it. And we think it just that's all San Antonio deserves. That 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 is incorrect. I'm sorry, but it's incorrect. I, I just and, don't. And, get it. and that kind of attitude, it may not be to Las Vegas. But if you keep that kind of attitude in San Antonio around professional sports, do not be surprised if there is a day where the Spurs float off somewhere else. Yep. Um, just, just know I'm not threatening you. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't care about the Spurs. I actually really do care about the Spurs. But I'm telling you right now, if that's the attitude of San Antonio professional football or professional sports fans, and you stop going to Spurs games because they're terrible or because they're having a rough time, and you do that long enough, eventually San Diego comes along and says, hey, we'll give you a stadium, uh, an arena to play basketball here, 
and your team goes, Whoof, and it's gone. So that attitude, Leo's absolutely right. It's a San Antonio thing, and it needs to get fixed because this idea of uh, we're amazing football fans because of what happened with the commanders. Okay, now you get to prove whether you're amazing football fans or not. Now is the time you get to prove whether that's true or not. Will you still show up for a one and four team? Hey, we got a guest joining us. Yeah, we got somebody quick. popping on. Go ahead. Real, real quick, I know RC's got a hard stop that she has to, to leave us real soon. So I wanted to just give her an opportunity to give us some parting thoughts with everything that we've talked about before she has to go and then we can continue. Well, I appreciate that. And I will say in the last uh, couple of seconds that I have, um, and this is, I don't know why this is. I know we were down 10,000 fans, but the first collection that we had for food, I had a trunk full. A trunk full of food. Yes. Today, I had a bag full. And that yeah. Was, you know, and I get it. Things are more expensive. So maybe you had too many choices. I, I don't know. But for the next game, if everyone can just bring one jar of peanut butter. Just that's it. Just make it simple. I'm going to tell you what to bring. Bring a jar of peanut butter. You don't have to think about it. So what, from now until the next game, Pick up a, a jar of peanut butter and leave it there for the next game. The other thing I wanted to also talk about was the Brahma, Mono, Brahma Mama Fiesta medal. And so if you see it here, I don't know if I can get a good close up there. We actually had these designed like within 10 days and they were able to have them quick for us. So I wanted them for this first game. Um, we're charging $10 and we're trying to raise $500 to give to the Children's Shelter of San Antonio. I've had tremendous love and passion for the fans who bought one but donated $50. And you know who you are. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. Um, and just know that I'm really trying to bring the community and football together. And together, we are the best fans, not only because we cheer loud, but because we care. And so again, I will be selling, or the Brahma Mamas will be selling these Fiesta medals, $10. Again, we're trying to raise $500 to donate to the children's shelter. Reach out you, to RC on yes. Facebook to get a hold of those um, and give her your $10 or more um, to go toward the uh, San Antonio Children's Shelter and uh, get your medal, get your Fiesta medal. We all love them when Fiesta time comes up, so get that mm -hmm. first one already That's taken right. care of. We can't, sell got them, a... we can't sell them tailgating, but I do have permission from Gene from the Alamo Beer Company that we can sell them there. So watch parties. I will be there. The Brahma Mamas will be there, and we'll be selling medals. RC has to step out for the rest of the episode, so we're going to say good night to her and let her go spend some time with some family. We love you so much, RC, and everything Thank that you do you. around the Gunflingers uh, and the Brahmas. And uh, we're excited about um, everything, your your medals. Um, we do need to get better on, on donating food. Watching that wagon pull around yesterday and seeing it. So now you got some diapers. Diapers are you always get some good. Diapers. diapers are good. And thank diapers you to everyone who donated. I'm, don't take it that I'm not grateful. Very grateful. Well, we can do better. We can do better. Well, good night, RC. We will see you later. We're going to say good night to RC, and we're going to transition immediately to somebody who's not near as pretty and not near as fun to be around, but he's still with us.
It's dirty. It's the, the troll. <laughs> what up, dirty? What's up, fellas? Listen, I'm not a troll. I love giving you guys trouble because, you know, we're all part of this legion here. And listen, hey, all you cheap scapes down there in San Antonio, buy RC's medal. I mean, come on, man. She's doing it for a good cause. But no, I, I have to say something. Phil, I'm disappointed in you for saying to fire Heinz Ward. I think all I the idiots who are wearing... Be quiet, I Phil. I that. think all the idiots who are wearing Heinz, fire Heinz Ward shirts... Should be kicked out of the stadium. You guys shouldn't allow it. Look, here's the here's the thing with Hines Ward. And you guys seriously are the second best fan base in the XFL, right? I mean, look, let's really look at it. You guys had an 8 o'clock start on a Sunday. Yep. I don't know yep. how you people are down there in Texas when it comes to church and not missing church and stuff like that. You guys got to get to church. The morning service, afternoon service, evening service. You're right in the middle of church service, you know? You can't be doing that kind of stuff to the church-going people. What's wrong with Danny and Dwayne and Jerry? But look, get off this tip of firing Heinz Ward. This is a first-time head coach, okay? Now, if you want to talk about firing Terrell Buckley, that team's been terrible. Get rid of him, right? But, I mean, look, guys, let's really think about this. You guys should have beat the Battlehawks in week one, yep, okay? Should have. That yes. was... A foot when I talk about a football mindset, Heinz coached that game as a football and NFL coach, right? And as you've seen, as you guys have progressed, your defense has gotten better. I mean, Jory Porter is doing a great job with your guys' defense. Okay. Yes. Oh. Defense guys, is spectacular. Yes. I mean, it's it's one of the best defenses. Your guys' is, your guys', is, you know, receivers. You I mean, your guys' two big receivers are both hurt. You know, right. I mean, look look what happened when they were in. Jack did a good job, okay? Jack did a good job. But, I mean, let's really look at this as a whole, right? The offensive lines for all these teams besides D.C. are terrible. Yes. I mean, you, you can't – you got to be quick at throwing the ball, right? I, I think everybody is pre – I think you guys – the people down here in San Antonio are jumping to conclusions about getting rid of Heinz Ward. Well, one, you got to realize this. The dude signed a three-year deal, so you ain't getting rid of him for three years at least, <laughs> unless he quits. So, I mean, you're stuck with him for three years, right? I, I mean, I really think that the Brahmas, with with something, they could turn this around and they could still be in the division and still be in the hunt. They're not far out of this. I mean, I don't know how much you guys have watched the 2020 XFL, but, I mean, it, it's crazy. And here's why I'll say you guys have a better fan base than St. Louis. And I'm going to talk more about this on Tuesday and Wednesday. We were losing. And in the third quarter, half of the fans in the Dome walked out. Walked out of the Dome. Then, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, the, about a third of them walked out. There was only 5,000 people left in that Dome. <laughs> what does that say? Uh, it's Dolores. She says, I'm with you, Dirty. No, okay. deserves the opportunity to grow. I'm optimistic about Heinz Ward. Of all of the head, the rookie head coaches, Heinz Ward's the one that I think is going to succeed the best. Even Out of Woodson? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because look what's happening okay. in St. Louis. St. Louis's luck has ran out. You guys actually have fast guys. We don't have any burners. 
all we have are hands, and half the time, half those guys can't even catch a ball. At least your guys can catch balls. I mean, in St. Louis, they can't catch a ball unless it's Akeem Butler. That's it. Just it's just it's well, the facts, right? And he had a big couple of drops this week too. I was surprised Again. to see Akeem Butler <laughs> dropping the ball. I, I, I'm I'm not. Let's. I mean, let's really look at this. I mean. What are the Renegades? The Renegades are, they were lucky they won that game. Lucky they won that game, right? I mean, I don't know what yes. was up with Jake, and it could have been that maybe they should have ran the ball more because with Bilal, I mean, you got to remember, he was right there in the leading rushing. Bilal's, and now, yeah, Bilal, they just yeah. quit handing the ball. Do what your team is built to do. That team is built to run and to do the short screen passes. That's what, that's what Jack's good at. Now, I mean, Look, we'll go back to the Juwan pass, right? The dude ain't got it here. Just like I don't have it when it comes to typing and spelling out words, he doesn't have it here to comprehend a playbook. And what we've seen with XFL playbooks is they are very complicated. Very complicated playbooks. Pass ain't your guys' answer. It's either Sun it, it's either Sun it or Cone. That's your guys' answer. One of those well, two for the rest of the year. It's not going. <laughs> That's all we got, though. It's between those two guys. So we found that out last night. It's if Sinet's not healthy, I mean, what 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 choice do you have? Yeah, and here's what I'll give you guys credit. I watched the game. You know, I watched the game, and you guys were there to the very end of the game. Yeah. The mayor was there, and the mayor said, "Your guys is he, the mayor said your guys tailgate blew the St. Louis." Yeah, did we have more people? Of course we did, because we, you know, we're the OG, we're the, we're the first, you know, one of the original teams, right? But he goes, "What else are you gonna do in St. Louis on a Saturday?" <laughs> well, you can be like most of the St. Louis fans, get drunk and throw up in the bathrooms and in the trash cans and pass out and get into fights in the concourse like they do all the time. But that's, well, that's just not that's, happening here, right? Exactly. But even the mayor said that your guys's tailgate was better than St. Louis's tailgate. And I mean, I agree. I mean, your guys' tailgate is great. The way you guys do it down there, it, it's a great time. And I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to May 13th when I come down for the championship. So I don't understand. I get why you guys are all jumping on. I get why the teams are like, oh, get rid of Heinz Ward, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, you had the commanders ripped away from you guys, right? Right. Same like with the Battle Hawks here in St. Louis in 2020. We had it ripped away from us for COVID. I think of all the upsides of the three coaches who had real no head coaching experience at all, Heinz Ward has the most upside. That's just oh, yeah. my opinion as an outsider looking in. That's all I I'm am saying. more I am more of a fan of Heinz Ward than I am Rod Woodson or Terrell Buckley. So you know, I'm I'm fine with that. My issue is these three guys. I don't know that they ever should have gotten there. There were there had to be other head coaching candidates, and I'm not sure. Okay, but again, so let, let's right let's go back to that. Right? What was the one thing that Danny and The Rock and Jerry said they were going to do with the XFL? They said they were going to give people who needed chances to prove themselves as coaches and players. Right? Yep. This is that's what they said. That's this what they is, said they were going to do. The coaches, as it is the players, yeah, for development. Yep. And that's what they did. Regardless if we like it, if we love it, or we hate it, that's exactly what they've done. They've given people 
who might not have gotten opportunities in other places to get the opportunities to play and to coach. So for me, I'm like, okay, I get it. I mean, could I think they could have made some better choices in some of the head coaches? Sure I did, right? But the one thing you got to respect about Hines in all of your guys' losses, the dude has done it with grace. He said, it's my fault. I need to get our team more prepared. I need him to get him more disciplined. What other head coach is saying that? Buckley's throwing it off on his own players. Right. And Rod Woodson but, throws it on the officials. Like, Rod Woodson's yeah. thing is to blame the officials. Yeah, and I mean, Anthony Begg just blamed – I mean, I watched the whole Battle Hawks game, and I rewatched, and I told – you know, I reached out to Lito, and I'm like, dude, I, I was at the game live. Those penalties that everybody complained about in St. Louis, those weren't penalties besides the one they missed on Ricky on Austin Prohl. Beck blamed it on the officials. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, the a lot of these guys are just right out of college, right? They're just coming fresh out of college, trying to make it. They're nervous. And it, it's hard for them. And, and I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. I still don't think you guys are out of it. That's just no, my opinion. We're not. We're not. Uh, and and on the on the note of the officials, that's not to say that Hines doesn't have reason or opportunity to blame it on the officiating because there's been some questionable calls, especially the 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 pass interference calls on the on the ninety eight yard drive that, mm-hmm. that the Renegades did and they scored their lone touchdown on. There were a couple mm-hmm. of really questionable calls on that, and he didn't bring that up after the game, did he? Which no. I would have blamed no. it if he had. But he didn't even mention it. But, I mean, let's really look at these challenges that we've seen that where they've challenged these plays, right, on these past interferences or stuff like that. Have we seen any of them get turned over? They they have turned a couple of things over. But, man, if you're not 100% sure yeah. that yeah. there is a good angle to look at, don't waste your challenge because Dean Blandino – has made it clear to me in five in five weeks of this season, I'm going with the call on the field unless you absolutely, without the shadow of a doubt, prove to me that that was wrong. In yeah, fact, I mean, in our in our game last night, there was a point where um, there was a challenge on the field. Leo was at the uh, dive across the end zone for a touchdown. Yes, that and he was reviewing. They said was not a touchdown. He reviewed it. It wasn't a challenge, but he reviewed it. And he said, call on the field stands. And I've got to tell you, I was sitting in the stands watching the same video. It Mm -hmm. was a touchdown. Based on what I could see, Arlington scored on that play, not the next play. Right. He said, said, look, if I can't 100% without a shadow of a doubt, Prove that they made the wrong call on the field. I'm giving them. To, I, I'm giving them whatever the call on the field was. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we. Uh oh. Uh oh. Did we, we lose Dirty? Dirty. I think we lost him. Oh, that's too bad, Dirty. We lost yeah. you. Well, we'll see if he comes back. But um, well, here he's coming. I, I hit the. I hit the. I hit the wrong button. Uh oh. <laughs> No, I mean we we we're what we're 20 we're 5 weeks in, so that is what 20 games that we've played so far. Yeah. Yep. And again, it's like Dean Blandino said. That's really good math skills there, Dirty. I'm very I know. <laughs> you know, Arlington always makes, you know, makes fun of the dirty math. So I was actually surprised I even got it that fast. So 
So I told you I, that tells you I've been paying attention somewhere in life. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you really look at it. I would say less than twenty percent of all of these challenges, of all the challenges, only twenty percent of them have been overturned. Yeah, right. for sure. And that, and that's high. That's high. I'm just being gracious. And look, right. here's what we've gotten over the last five weeks out of 20 games, other than one game, and that was the Orlando game where they played Houston, we have had, like you'd said earlier, Phil and Leo, like you guys had said, we have had every single game come down to one possession. And Phil, one thing you're wrong about, nine points is one possession in the XFL because you can go for a three-pointer. So nine points is – you didn't say that? I thought you did. Okay, I apologize. I didn't say that. I, I know. Apologize. I know how to math. I know nine, <laughs> nine points. Yeah, I. I think he did say. I don't know how to math. Dirty that he he said it was one possession in Houston because you could get nine points. See, I apologize. See, look, I'm a nice guy. I apologize. <laughs> you know, I already got Bill's head blown up when I said he was 100 percent right on pass. You know, being a mental case. I mean, but that's true. But I mean, think about it. In the NFL, how many blowouts did we watch this year? I mean, it happens, you know, fairly how, often. Yeah. How I'm many not, blowouts have we watched in five weeks in the XFL? One. Yeah, there's only been. I was trying to think. I could think of one. Yeah. <laughs> that Every Orlando has been close. Game. Yeah. So quit complaining, people. I've been dealing with this stuff since yeah. 2020. Maybe so Bravo's Orlando. Those are the two blowouts. They were both against Orlando. Well, yeah. I mean, Orlando, Orlando's bad. Yeah. Orlando's just bad. Yeah. Uh, guys, keep up the good work. I'm going to go back and uh, make some extra money for DoorDashing to help pay for my retirement so I can retire early. So you got to keep up the good work. And then tune in Weird. tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central on the X-Fan Show because Dirty's going to be going off on a lot of people tomorrow. Yeah, it should be fun. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to let you finally make that turn that your turn signal has been clicking the whole time. <laughs> That's, uh, my that been... That's my hazard. That's my hazard. That's my hazard. He's being responsible. He I pulled thought, over for I this. thought you were just sitting at a stoplight with your turn signal on and just like, look, I got to call in and, and deal you with You know, this I would do that in now. St. Louis, but I'd probably get shot. <laughs> Dirty's that guy. Dirty. Dirty will be uh, checking in with Love you tomorrow you, morning at 11 o'clock. Hi. See you later. Adios. See you, Dirty. Yeah, so just to be clear, I have never said and will never say we need to fire Heinz Ward after week five of the season. My point is I don't think it was a good call on a league-wide level to bring in three guys that had zero head coaching experience when there were other guys out there. You've got offensive coordinators in the XFL right now that were really good head coaches for the XFL in 2020. June Jones, and I can't think of the guy's name in Arlington right now, their offensive coordinator, uh, who was the Battlehawks coach. Um, both head coaches last time around had some experience. I just, I, I think that this was a mistake. I think that this particular experiment was a mistake. And they've made a few. Like, their scheduling this year has been rough. It, it's it's a mistake. And it is Chuck what it Long. is. Jonathan Hayes. Jonathan John Hayes, Hayes and Chuck Long are are, are uh, co-offensive coordinators. 
Yeah, Jonathan Hayes is the guy I'm thinking of. He was the Battlehawks head coach in 2020, did an all right job, and now he is the offensive coordinator for Bob Stoops up there in Arlington. Speaking of Bob Stoops, I just want to – Jorge Mata said a little while ago on the Facebook feed that Blandino hates everyone equally when we were talking about the the reviews – and I was going to say the one exception I've seen of that was when Bob Stoops had no idea what it was he wanted to challenge <laughs> where he kept yeah. going back and forth with the referees and saying, well, is it illegal contact or holding or, and they're like, well, which one is it? Which one do you want to challenge? And he's like, uh, and he goes back and forth. And then Blandino's like, I know what he means. I'll, I'll right. just tell him. I know what right. he means. I'm going to look for that. But I was wondering when he did that, I was like, is he going to do that for everybody? Because the rules state that the coaches have to specifically say what it is they're challenging, sure. and he didn't require that. Yeah, illegal touching. Thank you, Robert Rankin. Was uh was the other the other terminology he was struggling back and forth with that he didn't know what exactly he wanted to challenge. I just thought that was uh, kind of funny. So, Brahmas fans, don't get uh, too twisted. Even if we don't win another game all season, or even if we only win one more game this season, because we're going to beat Orlando. Yeah, we still have football. And the question that I posted at the very beginning of this particular episode was, is bad football, which we all kind of feel like we're watching right now in San Antonio, is bad football better than no football? The unequivocal answer to that is yes. Yeah, because bad football can become good football. Whereas no football will just be no No football. football. (laughs) Um, so bad football is still better than no football. And if those are our two options, sure. All of us want to see good football. I get that. But if bad football is what we're seeing in San Antonio right now, I will still take that over no football. Speaking of good football, that's Brahma's. We're going to take our Brahma stuff and we're going to put that on a shelf right now because today the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League started their training camp. And yes, this weekend did not pass by without the San Antonio Gunslingers making a little bit of noise. Um, they have confused some of those people that cover the NAL because earlier in the offseason, they signed Jonathan Bain. Jonathan Bain was the quarterback for the Carolina Cobras last year. They ran through the uh, regular season. Jonathan Bain played an incredible regular season. He is now quarterback for the Gunslingers. In the midst of that, this weekend, they signed Arvell Nelson. And you're like, okay, who's that? Arvell Nelson is a champion, uh, Arena Bowl champion quarterback. He won the Arena Bowl with the Washington Valor. And he played for the Jacksonville Sharks last year. So now our quarterback room is two of the three starting quarterbacks. At the end of last season. And the third one that has not wound up anywhere because Robert Kent Jr. um, By the way, the, the gunslingers retain his rights. So three of the starting quarterbacks in the NAL last year, their rights are now retained by the San Antonio gunslingers. They've got a backup plan to the backup plan. Uh, yeah. It, it's almost like, hey, we're just going to sign all the quarterbacks here. <laughs> 
and yeah. that way you what are you guys gonna do um for for a quarterback so there's a lot of consternation why would they sign arvel uh arvel nelson if they already had jonathan bain so i reached out to the gunslingers i reached out to coach fred shaw and coach fred shaw he didn't answer you Antonio Brahma's, actually said hey give me a call we'll talk about it he did answer you he did yes so what we're looking at is arvel nelson is in camp right now and he will be your starting quarterback at the beginning of the season it looks like uh jonathan bain for whatever reason has some work commitments that are keeping him away from camp and maybe even away from the very start of the season so arvel nelson will be your starting quarterback. That's not that big a drop-off. That's a drop-off because Jonathan Bain, to me, was uh, one of the two best quarterbacks in the league last year. But Arvell Nelson played really well when he played for Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What was the delay for Bain again? A work commitment. Work commitment. Because all these guys have regular jobs. This is is professional football. They get paid for it, but they have to have a – full-time real job to actually support their family. They can't do it on NAL money. Right. That's the same situation they were in with uh, Robert Kent Jr. last season Mm -hmm. and this season, if he decides to continue playing. So the gunslingers are going into the season with incredible quarterback options, but wait, there's more as uh, you hear on TV all the time. Because the San Antonio Gunslingers were one of the best teams defensively last year in the NAL. A large majority of that defense is returning, including Cody Brooks, who will be back on the field for the San Antonio Gunslingers after a short hiatus as he tried to make his way into the XFL. Cody Brooks will be back. Also, Justin Alexander. Yep. Justin Alexander is one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen play. So good, in fact, that the San Antonio Brahmas. Hey, does anybody think the San Antonio Brahmas have a pretty good defense? Are they playing yeah. pretty well on defense? Do they kind of know what they were doing when they selected their guys for their defense? Well, one of the guys they selected, in fact, the first guy, the first guy they selected for that defense was Justin Alexander. Uh, He was a San Antonio gunslinger. He got selected by the Brahmas for whatever reason. I actually think it was some injury issues, but for whatever reason, he wound up on the reserve list and was able to, uh, was unable to get into the season with the Brahmas. He is back with the San Antonio gunslingers. One of the best pass rushers I've ever seen. And pass rush is so important in the arena, in the arena game. Because if you can disrupt a quarterback, um, we know that in in the 11-man game, in the full-size game, I don't know the best way to refer to that. Uh, but if you can disrupt a quarterback, you can do a lot of great things with your defense. And Justin Alexander mm-hmm. can disrupt a quarterback. He's one he of those guys. Big-time disruptor. Uh, he, was in, he was involved in... Every, you know, just about every negative play we had on defense uh, last year for the gunslingers of putting pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. And in, in, in a sport that is 
really, really, uh, you know, angled towards the offense when you can disrupt that the way he does, uh, that's a huge advantage, uh, a big piece. So for him to be returning uh, to the gunslingers is, is absolutely huge. But wait, there's more. More. Wow. More. Uh, Leo, you and I were very involved, have been very involved with the San Antonio Gunslingers since the beginning of their uh, time as a, a team. They were yep. in the AAL their first season last year. They transitioned to the much bigger, much better NAL. Um, who is, in your estimation, the most dangerous player for the San Antonio Gunslingers in their history on the field? Who's the guy, if, it get, if the ball gets into his hands, it could be six at any time. Mm, I would have to take a guess. Oh, there's no guess. It's absolutely number five, Kali Rashad. <laughs> it's number five, Kali Rashad. Yes. Kali Rashad and uh, Luis also echoes that. Number five, Kali Rashad. Kali Rashad is a wide receiver and uh, defensive back for the gunslingers by the way if you're hanging out with us because we've been talking brahmas and you're like hey i want to stick around and hear about the gunslingers you need to know something about the nal and the style of football they play it is iron man football where a majority of the guys play both directions mm -hmm. so if you're on the field as a wide receiver when the defense comes out it's one guy that changes out the quarterback comes off one defensive specialist comes on and that's your defense you've got to be able to play both ways kali rashad is a wide receiver and defensive back for the San Antonio Gunslingers and has been since their inception. He is also the most dangerous kick returner I've ever seen in professional football, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Teams stopped, give, stopped kicking it to him. Just The only time I've ever seen that is Devin Hester in the NFL, where they, the other team absolutely refused to kick the ball to him. Last year, teams would kick the ball out of bounds, giving the ball to the San Antonio Gunslingers on the 20-yard line, which is nearly midfield, as opposed to kicking it to Kali Rashad because they were that afraid of what number five was going to do to them. Well, there have been some rule changes in the, uh, in the NAL this year. One thing that is going to change is nets are going up all around the in zone end of both sides of the field. And the ball is playable off the nets. So in the NAL, you kick your kickoff. If it goes through the uprights, you get two points. That's called a deuce. It's a lot of fun. It's really mm -hmm. kind of an interesting way to score some points. Uh, if it hits the net now and falls down, it will fall down into the field of play and be returnable. And you can play it off the net. Cool. You can play it off the net. And if you kick the ball out of bounds, if you kick the ball outside of the net, the player, the, the receiving team gets the ball on the 10-yard line and an extra point. They so get, a, get point a point added to the scoreboard. And the ball. And they get the ball. People may still choose to kick it away from Kelly Rashad. Oh, I'm going to tell you right that. now, there will be there will be teams that still say we're going to kick it out of bounds. We're we're going to kick it away from Kelly Rashad. We're going to give you the point. Mm -hmm. What that means is much more teams can no longer avoid Kelly Rashad on the return. 
they either have to give us a point or they have to kick it to him and give him an opportunity to be the dangerous guy that he is. That's huge. I think at the beginning of the season, we'll see a lot of people kicking it to him and just saying, okay, well, we're just going to have to try and stop him. And when they're not able to, that's going to stop just like what we saw last season, except they didn't have any consequences with stopping to kick it to him. But, um, I believe they will still stop kicking it to him and just take the one point uh, deficit. Mm-hmm. He's that good. He that is that explosive. He's that good. The next professional football game that happens in San Antonio is not the XFL Brahmas. The next professional football game that happens in San Antonio happens the day before the Brahmas play the Roughnecks on Easter Sunday in the Alamo Dome. It will be at Freeman Coliseum. It is April 8th. It is a 2 o'clock kickoff question mark? No, I think it's a 6 o'clock kickoff, but I'm fixing to check it and make sure I'm right on that. Um, But that is the next professional football game that happens in San Antonio, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I mean... Tell me if you get there first. We're getting we're getting to the point where um, where we're gonna we're gonna be able to enjoy two professional football teams simultaneously for a couple of weeks in San Antonio, and that's just gonna be a, a lot of fun. And knowing what we know about the Gunslingers, six p.m. I, I remember yeah. it's gonna an evening game because I remember you were kind of on the fence of deciding whether you were going to be able to make it or not. Cause of your, Still am, yeah. your Still am. I would obligations love to be there, on but... Easter Sunday. If it were a 2 PM Saturday game, I think you'd have a lot easier time of making that happen. Yeah. I'd make that work, but uh, yeah, it's 6 PM at the Freeman Coliseum. Tickets are available right now. Season tickets are available for the San Antonio gunslingers. If you've never been to an, an arena league football game, an indoor football game, you owe it to yourself to go find one that fits in your schedule this season, earlier in the season rather than later, and go watch a professional indoor football game. They are just, a blast. Just make it to one. That's all I'll ask. Go to one because I'm pretty sure once you go to that one and experience it, you're going to be like, I want to come back. I, when when's the next game for sure you know, i understand if people aren't willing to to lay down cash right now for a season ticket commitment if you're not familiar with the sport or you're just you just don't know a whole lot about it um just go to one of the first games so you can see what it's like and you don't miss out on too much don't just do trust me do this favor for yourself commit for one game early in the season there's six six home games so mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't want to wait too long, but go to one of the first ones, and I promise you, more than likely, 99.999%, you're going to want to come back because they are that much fun. They are. They are a lot of fun. Uh, that first game, Carolina Cobras, here on Saturday, April 8th, 6 p.m. If you miss that, if you're like, ah, Easter weekend, we're going to be out of town, whatever the case may be. Uh, you need to know that the Jacksonville Sharks come to Freeman Coliseum to play the San Antonio Gunslingers, but that is not until Sunday, May 28th. 
that is how long it will be from home game to home game. They have backloaded the gunslinger schedule. We think that was to avoid XFL issues, which you gotta you gotta applaud a league that says, "Hey, we know our place, and we're excited um, about the XFL coming to San Antonio, and we don't want to step on toes and make fans choose." So we're going to backload the schedule in San Antonio. But if you don't make it out to that Saturday game, that April 8th game, you have to wait all the way till the end of May. Now they're going to be playing. They play one, two, three, four, four games between those two games. They're just all on the road. They're in Jacksonville. They're in Albany. They're in Fayetteville. They're in West Texas. And there will be watch parties for those. And and the Gunslingers uh, crew, uh, ownership they put together quite a watch party so those that's another opportunity to go and have some fun and watch watch the game and maybe not commit so much money to a ticket you're going to commit to to food and drink at wherever the venue is that the right. watch party's at but that might be a good way to introduce yourself to the sport if you're not ready to buy tickets but tickets are affordable so really oh yeah should be an issue uh, Robert Rankin gunslingers games are fun my kids love it it is a really kid friendly uh, atmosphere and then uh dolores uh they're always very interactive with the fan base they are if you like the fact that the brahmas even after a loss like yesterday will come over to the wall and talk to some fans and spend some time on the field uh, if you like that kind of interaction it gets uh it's about four times that in the national arena league we have folks, we have players, uh, they invite folks down on the field at the end of the game. Walk yeah, everyone. Around, talk to players, it's, get uh, get autographs, the whole thing. Yeah. If you're there and you're a fan, you're allowed on the field after the game. And the coaches and players are there. They don't leave. They don't walk away. They, they stay there to sign autographs and shake hands and talk to everybody. Um, they usually have performers. It's a lot of fun. Brian Wenslov asking, is it similar to the league that John Elway was with? He's talking about the uh, Colorado Crush. Elway didn't play with them, I don't believe. I think he was right. just in ownership. Uh, but yeah, yeah, same same type of game. The the field is is only fifty yards. It's a, it's basically a quarter of a regulation outdoor football field. Uh, very explosive game, high high scoring, fast paced. Typical scores are you know fifties and sixties. Uh, although teams. the guns, yeah. For both teams, uh, the gunslingers have been known to have a very stout defense, though, and have held some teams to lower than that on several occasions. So um, it's 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 not necessarily like, oh, there's no defense for those that love defense. Um, actually, it can be kind of more exciting in the sense that when you get that one stop, it's huge right? compared to in in, you know, your typical outdoor football where you get a you get a stop and it's no big deal. It's just like, you know, uh, it's that that doesn't have a huge bearing on the game. Every stop is really key in, in these games. So in that sense, the defense is that much more magnified. Renee Peters, the Brahma babe herself says arena football is very interactive. Cheered two years in it. will come cheer on the San Antonio gunslingers of the national arena league as they get started. That's the next professional football game in San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio Gunslingers on April 8th, and then you can uh, go home, rest that night, get up early, go worship uh, because it's Easter and you need to do that. And then afterwards, uh, head out to the Alamo Dome and 
enjoy your San Antonio Brahmas as they take on the Houston Roughnecks. It's a whole weekend of football. That's going to be such a great weekend as a San Antonio uh, sports fan, football fan, to be able to go see the Gunslingers on Saturday and the Brahmas on Sunday. Um, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be awesome. That's I, I can't wait till that weekend. I might have to take PTO that Monday <laughs> the day after, <laughs> just, just to recover. Well, see, I get PTO. Uh, I, I, traditionally, the Monday after Easter, churches do not open. They they mm. they church offices remain closed because you've been busy the week before. Holy Week's a big deal, um, and so I will be off. But I don't know if I can make it up um, for the Roughnecks game. I really want to, but that's a tight window to get up there by two o'clock um, for the Roughnecks game. If not, I'll be enjoying it here on the coast uh three hour drive away is what it is but the gunslingers buy yourself a plane yeah for sure (laughs) if 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 Dwayne and danny will let me borrow their plane um i can be there i think i think i could make it call the brahmas Um, and ask them to uh sure to, to send that note up for you they've been they've been so helpful so far um they i'm sure they will be ready uh, the Gunslingers is a fun experience. If you have not experienced it, if you love professional football, and you do, because you wouldn't be enjoying this podcast right now if you didn't love professional football or in and around San Antonio, uh, you owe it to yourselves to find out what's going on with the San Antonio Gunslingers. It's going to be great. Uh, I will tell you that there are players and coaches on the team that have championship expectations this year for the San Antonio gunslingers. Uh, yep. We walked into this year with the Brahmas, not knowing what we were getting. Uh, it's a new thing. And so we're really not sure we never are. We talked our trash, but it is what it is. Um, but I can tell you that they know what they're getting into in San Antonio and in the NAL. And they are uh, not shy about it. They have championship expectations as they go into this season. Yeah, they do. From the top down, uh, ownership down, that's the goal. Um, and they've done everything they can to to ensure that happens this year. So it's championship or bust for them. And that's going to be fun to watch because they're serious. Lalise says, they won't even give you a media credential. What makes you think they'll loan you their plane? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> true. Too True. Yeah, Brian uh, Brian Winsloff saying that uh, he used to watch arena football years ago in San Diego. Renee reminds him that the Gunslingers play the, play the Jacksonville Sharks. He is in that Florida area. Um, there's actually two different games, uh, two different teams there in the Florida area for the National Arena League. The Jacksonville Sharks and the Orlando Predators are both in the National Arena League, and the Gunslingers will play both of those teams. Yeah, they play Jacksonville the second week in Jacksonville, Saturday in Jacksonville. 15th. Mm-hmm. So if you're still there, Brian, still in Florida, I know it's not too long from the time you're, uh, you guys are actually going to move to San Antonio, but if you're still there April 15th, uh, you might want to look into that. So support the Gunslingers. He says Orlando's actually closer to him than Jacksonville. Okay, then let's give you the Orlando game. I don't know if you'll still be there in July, but Saturday, July 1st, July 1st is when uh, the Gunslingers will be in Orlando to play the Orlando Predators. Um, 
you're you're a San Antonio football fan now. You can't back out of it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, either way, either you watch them here in San Antonio or you take a chance on watching them there in uh, in Florida. Hey, look, the Brahmas game is what it is. Uh, the Brahmas offense is what it is. But the nice thing about offense is you could hit that spark any time um, and, and touch off something that is just an explosion of points. We've seen it once. It was against Orlando. I know Orlando is a um, – Orlando's not a good team. I, I get that. But still, they put together the offense. They put together the plays to score 30 points on our, at Orlando. So they can do it. It's possible. All I got to say is, um, you know, my, my abuelita, my abuelita, my grandma, she's no longer with us. You know, rest in peace. She's been gone for a while now. But for all the primos out there, if your abuelita is still here with us, if you could get your abuelita to get some Vicks or whatever and and, and track down Reed Sinet and do a little sana sana yes. on, on his foot, you know, when we'll get get him ready for next week, I think that's our best uh, our best chance right there. So, calling all the primos, it's uh, we're we're calling the abuelitas. Are you guys ready? We we need to, we need to get an abuelita over there. The stat. Brian Winsloff a few minutes ago said interesting XFL news. Orlando has changed their defensive line coach. Ty Warren's no longer with the team. He also says Houston's kick returner Kirkland is out for the season with a check a chest injury. That's kind of a bummer. I don't like to see anybody um, out for the season because of an injury. Yeah. That stinks. Um, but there are some a couple of notes. Not surprising that Orlando is still having organizational issues. That's not news. We knew that from the very start of the season that they don't have anything figured out when it comes to all of that. Uh, Renee checking in on the game. I rewatched the game today. Is it me or does it seem like some of these coaches, including Coach Ward, do not really understand the rules? It seems like every game they're questioning why something is occurring. Uh, Stoops did it as well. Yeah, first year, I, I, I can I know exactly one of the examples that Renee is talking about in the situation where they subbed in and the referee stopped in and didn't let them snap the ball so that Arlington could match up and they got an opportunity to sub in. So they stopped the play basically. And then they allowed the play to the, the play to continue. Um, and San Antonio wasn't aware that when that happens, you only get 10 seconds. The, the, it doesn't reset the, the, the play clock doesn't reset to the full, I think, was it 24 seconds? 25, it, only goes, yeah. it only goes to 10. And so or we got, I'm sorry. So, so it resulted in a delay of game penalty against San Antonio because they, they were not aware. Coach Ward wasn't aware, had to have that explained to him. So and that was another thing. Stoops wasn't aware when the same thing happened on his side, but the referees warned him about it. So you know, a little I bit have of actually, advantage there. <laughs> I have actually seen this happen in several XFL football games this season, and I do not understand how you can call delay of game on a team when your field judge or whoever it is that's in the back, back judge, I guess, is standing between the center and the the uh, quarterback, not, not allowing them allowing, to snap the ball. Yeah. And then they run out of the way, and that quarterback sets up and goes to snap the ball, and it's too late. 
you made it too late. You <laughs> stood in their way. How are you going to penalize me when you stopped? And it's happened to every team, not just us, yeah. not just Bob Stoops. I've seen it all year long. It's happened two or three times in almost every game I've watched. I do. I understand that, hey, if you're going to substitute as the offense, you have to give the defense the ability to substitute. And so if they're doing a late substitution, that would be the only reason I can imagine that the mm-hmm. official stops you from snapping the ball. And if that's the case, maybe you just got to have your substitution packets uh, packages ready quicker. Ready. But it does seem very odd that like the official says, no, you can't snap the ball. Okay, now you can snap the ball, but it's too late. Oh, too late. <laughs> Delay of game. Yeah, I think the XFL has some things to clean up. You know, they they have a, a, a rule book. They have rules that they set in, in place. Uh, and this is, you know, season one of this iteration of it, uh, different rules. And now that they see how things are working or not working, I'm sure there's going to be right. adjustments. Yeah. For sure. Well, don't panic. Don't. Heck, even if they lose the next two games, don't panic. We've got football. We've got football in San Antonio, and we need to be fans of football. Support it. In San Antonio. That is the San Antonio Brahmas. That's the San Antonio Gunslingers. Get out and show the football community. Did you hear Dirty? Did everybody hear Dirty when he was on and say, hey, no doubt about it. You guys are the second best fan base. Yeah, and then later on, he said we were the best fan base. He corrected himself. But when he first came on, that's what he said. You're right. Second best fan base. Uh, There's a lot of folks around the XFL right now, around XFL chat rooms, around Reddit, wherever you go, um, that are all saying, oh, I thought San Antonio was a better football town. I can't believe they only got 13,000 out for this game on uh, Sunday night. I really thought they were they were into this. Um, San Antonio, that's on you. Yep. Like you can you can throw all the excuses you want to at me. It's a late night game. It's on a Sunday. There was a music festival. They're only one in three. You cannot excuse the fact that if it's important, you make time for it. And you've said that football is important to you. Now you got to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I understand some of these, you know, reasonings. If you can't get a babysitter and you have this, yeah, I, we're not we're not calling you out because you absolutely couldn't be at the game, but you wanted to be. But there was a difference of ten thousand fans from the first game to this game. And I guarantee you not all of those 10,000 was people that just absolutely couldn't be there because right. something out of their control. I'm not buying that. No. Like that, that that's what we're, that's what we're calling out is, is the, the, the casual fan that, that just didn't show up because they use that as an excuse, but it, it, it just, if they really could have made it happen, they, you know, wanted to make it happen. They could have, Right. It's just that, oh, it's not worth it because they're one in three and they suck or this and that, you know, I'm quoting them. You know, it's okay to be, don't get me wrong either. It's okay to be critical of the team as yes. long as you still support the team. You can sit here and we complain about the team. We, you know, 
we we come away from these losses just as disappointed as anybody else. But we're not really we're not anywhere near ready to say they're they're not worth it. They're not worth my my dollars for for a ticket. They're not worth my support. I'll just watch them on TV because they're they're not that good. So they're not worth me attending a game. That that's just hogwash. I I drove three hours. I spent four hours at tailgate. I paid my money. I watched the game. I got mad. I went back and stayed in Leo's guest room for the night. I got back in the car and drove three hours home yesterday. If you live in San Antonio and you tell me you're a football fan and you could, you couldn't find a way to make it to the game yesterday because you just didn't, you know, it's just, it's too late or it's too much or it's too, uh, you know, they're not very good. Like you're not as big a fan as I am, I guess, because, uh, you know, I put, <laughs> I put my money and my time into getting to that game. And you could have too, if you were living in San Antonio, you had a lot easier time than I did being a part of that experience last night. And if you let it pass by, that's on you. Yeah. There's no excuse for it. And as much as we're pointing the fingers, we're also going to give credit to the 13,000 that were there. They showed up. They had a great time. The tailgate was smaller, but it was just as good. The people there had just as much fun. Uh, you know, the mayor of, of the XFL having come and seen that and just with the 13,000 that were there, you know, Dirty mentioned his opinions on 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 what he saw there with the tailgating. The, the, the football fans in San Antonio are great. They're a great fan base. But uh, there's there's a large section of that that's just so fickle and not willing to commit for whatever reason. And those are the ones that we need to, to just kind of look at you guys. And as uh, as Renee, I think it was that that uh, commented just a little while ago, if you don't support it, they will be gone. And 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 those are the ones you, you people are the ones that can make the difference in that of. Them, of us having a, fo- a professional football team here like the Brahmas and like the Gunslingers and not having them. Michael Wayne Davis, who is a huge Gunslingers fan, not an excuse, but the times and dates and city functions are interrupting our home games. Yeah, but that's going to be the case. Like we're a big enough city that there's always going to be something going on. Times and dates aren't great, but we don't control the schedule. If it's... It, I used to tell people all the time, if it's important enough to you, you will make time for it. If football is important enough to San Antonio, San Antonio has to show that by making time for it. Um, And I know you know that, Michael. Um, Michael Wayne Davis is a guy who makes time for professional football on every level. He was there for commander stuff. He's been there. I believe he was there for commander stuff. But I know he's been there for gunslingers since the beginning. And I know he was. In fact, I ran into him in the concourse last night at the Alamo Dome wearing his gunslinger jersey. Uh, So I know Michael Wayne Davis understands what I'm talking about. You know, we all love professional football. And there's great opportunities coming up in the next month, not only for Brahma's football, but also for gunslinger's football. And when it comes to football, when it comes to professional football, anywhere and everywhere across this country, whether it's up in Seattle or down in Orlando or in the arena in Orlando or in Fayetteville or all the way up in Albany, 
when it comes to professional football. The 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.